1: underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
0: Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Tom Hopkinson of the Sunday Mirror and Adrian Clark of premierleague.com. There's no shame in falling down. True shame is in not getting back up. An old Japanese saying, apparently. It's certainly relevant to Chelsea. Their unbeaten record ended at Spurs. Now they go to the champions, Leicester. Just a blip, Tom? Well, no, about 7.30 on Saturday night, won't we?
1: Um, You would have to say it was a blip, but as you say, what they have to do, what Antonio Conte has to do is make sure that they get back up and they get back on the charge. I mean, it was an incredible run of form Chelsea found themselves on and you could say that Peterborough was a a great game for them to come back after that uh, slip-up against Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham, we say it's a blip or a slip-up. Tottenham were superb and absolutely deserved their win, but I I think watching the game, I, I just got the feeling that Chelsea had run out of energy almost there was a bit of fatigue given the uh, hectic schedule over Christmas and New Year uh, not just physically though mentally as well and I think they'll have had a little bit of time off uh, or they will have time off over the next few days to recharge the batteries a bit and as I say it was only against Peterborough that victory and it was a, a changed team but I think that will just have given them time to, to get going again so I think Leicester's a very good game for them as well because Leicester <coughs> you know, they had a good win at the weekend over Everton themselves but they, they've not been firing anything like they
0: were last season so I I think we'll see Chelsea back to winning ways. Mm. Yeah, Spotlight's going to be on Kante, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. He's a force of nature. He he is. Yeah, he was below par, wasn't
2: he, at White Hart Lane? And I think that affected Chelsea quite a lot, actually. You
1: around about 15 miles this (laughs) time. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Look, Chelsea are like a machine this season. I I really feel in many ways that they remind me of Leicester last season in that they have their way of playing, they have their system, And it isn't about individuals, it's about players fitting in to the shape that the manager wants. And one player being out doesn't seem to disrupt Chelsea as much as certain other teams. So yeah, in many respects they remind me of Leicester last season. I slightly disagree with you on Leicester being a good game for them. I would say, obviously, based on their former season, Leicester have been very average in terms of champions. But... What Tottenham did expose, I think, and we saw it to some degree, I think, at Sunderland, is that space behind the wing-backs, Alonso and Moses. If you can get into those areas, if you can penetrate, get in there and pull those three centre-backs apart maybe isolate Pilaqueta as Delhi Alley did so well in that game at White Hart Lane, then you can really get at Chelsea. And I think Leicester have got the pace down wide in the wide areas, potentially. Depends if Musa starts. But if they play to their potential, with I'm thinking Gray, Musa down the sides, they can deliver the balls in. Um, they could
1: be in business. You see, that's the absolute key, though, playing to potential, and they just haven't got anywhere near that potential Mm. for me this time. And I think what'll be fascinating, now Kurt Zuma's back as well, is whether Conte looks at him, he's already identified him as the the best defender at the club, whether he thinks after Mm. one game in the FA Cup against a a League One opposition, Mm. whether he is ready physically, mentally to go in the heat of Premier League battle. And what'll be fascinating is if he brings him in, what happens to Victor Moses or Marcus Alonso? And, and you mm. talk about them because I, I can see Aspillaqueta getting moved out from that defensive trio to yeah. either you see, side. I and he's also, a better defender I can, I than I. I also of those see
0: sides. Nathan Ake coming into wow. this as well. Quite yeah, excellent yeah. at Bournemouth. If they're going to bring him back, he's got to play. He's got well, to yeah. I we so. we were, yeah. I
1: was down there on Friday and uh, it was it was quite interesting. The, it was a question that was thrown in at the end of literally we're coming to the end of Antonio Conte's Sunday newspaper briefing. He'd already done about forty minutes and someone out of nowhere asked him, you know, Nathan Ake. Kate and, and he was like, it was almost <laughs> rabbit in headlights. He's like, oh, how do you know about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we are going to look. We need into to be careful with that,
2: Kate, because he's only really been red hot for I'd say six weeks yeah, or so. He wasn't true. in the Bournemouth team. There's a reason why he wasn't in the Bournemouth team initially. Obviously, Eddie Howe didn't see the potential. He clearly has. He's been outstanding. Does he look up to Chelsea standard? I think he does. To be perfectly honest, I like his attributes, I like his temperament, and and I'm guessing. Gary Cahill is the man maybe at most risk of losing his place out of those three. What about John Terry? Have we seen the last of him looking up at a red card? <laughs> no, he'll get another game for sure between now and the end of the season. But look, we're in the dying embers of his time at Chelsea. No question about that. It's been a rotten run for him, hasn't it? I mean, he came in at West Ham game in the EFL Cup into a back three was awful, if truth be told. And he comes in to the FA Cup and gets himself sent off. It was a terrible, terrible day for John Terry with getting a red card and with Nathan Ake being recalled because all of a sudden, for the, fir- for the first time in his career, he's probably like fifth or sixth choice Chelsea centre-half.
1: I, I think we'll see him again, but his appearances are going to be very fleeting. I love the idea of an appeal, by the way, because they're you know they're going to appeal. All right, he might get a frivolous uh, extra game ban, but he's not going to play That's anyway, a, so it yeah, really doesn't it's matter. A definite red card, yeah. It? yeah, yeah.
0: I think so. Ian McLeod asks us, who
2: does Ake a- 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 replace? I think Aspillaqueta has arguably been the most consistent defender in that back three this season, so I, I wouldn't move him. He had a poor game at, at Spurs; he was isolated a little bit. Mm-hmm. David Luiz has been excellent. I think he's. Integral to the way They build from the back In terms of, of Passing out from the centre So I'd, I'd have to say Gary Cahill I think Nathan Ake Is naturally left sided As well So he would slot in Nicely on the left side Of a back He does three. give
1: nice balances and Do you remember Gary Cahill There was an interview Came out after a game When he got given A tackle against him That mm. was really harsh mm. um, I can't remember Whether he got sent off or People all, uh, all know tweeting him But he came out Didn't he And he, he talked about The referee And about how The decisions That referees make You know These are people's Livelihoods mm. and careers He was really emotional About it and I love that, but I love to see him come out and speak that way. But what it did say to me is that was a man who, having seen David Luiz come in and knowing what was going on behind <laughs> the scenes with Zuma working his way back from injury, knowing the likes of Aki were doing well, that was a man who did fear for his But, but, but having that pressure has actually improved his
0: performance, yeah, level, quite, we have quite to right. Make, yeah, yeah. this yeah. yeah. is an interesting a bit of a left field one from Kieran Dunn. What about putting Willian as a left wing back? No, I don't
2: see him as a left-sided wing-back. I see him potentially as a right-sided wing-back. I think he could do that job, no problem. Um, I don't know whether the person he's messaged in isn't happy with Marcus Alonso. I think Alonso has added real balance to yeah, the team. That. I, I think that was really important. And he's given uh,
1: Hazard far more freedom yeah. as well. With
2: Aspilicueta, which... as good as he is, he can play anyway. He's a really clever, intelligent footballer. But he has to slow the game down, check back onto his right foot. He can't offer what Alonso can because he's a left-footer. I think Willian as a right-wing-back... I think if he can't displace Pedro permanently in that spot behind the striker, then I think, Willian, we might see him instead of Moses, who, let's be honest, hasn't been quite as good in recent weeks as he was when he first got into the side.
0: Mm, Albert O'Brien's on the (laughs) wind-up. Obviously, this weekend, we've got the great tribal collision between Liverpool and Manchester United. He said, will Liverpool be able to cope if Jose parks the bus?
1: (laughs) I think they will. I was up at Anfield for the Manchester City game. Uh, it was incredible performance from Liverpool. Really good game. I know a lot of people were a bit disappointed by it, but I really enjoyed the tactics uh, the of, of both sides and, and it was a real good old-fashioned slog. You know, Not necessarily the high-scoring games that we see and, and we expect when you've got the likes of Klopp and Guardiola going against each other, but I think Klopp showed again that day that he is a real clever tactician yeah. when he wants to be and when he needs to be and, and against Manchester United in the sort of form That they're in at the moment, he he is going to need to be. I mean, Manchester United arguably are are the most confident side in the Premier League at the moment Um, um,
0: eight wins on the
1: bounce yeah I mean Chelsea let's say that Chelsea have lost even if it's a slight percentage after the defeat at Tottenham Tottenham themselves doing very well but the way things are going for United at the moment because of such a poor start they've almost been able to do it under the radar so it's it's going to be a fascinating game
2: I fancy United in this game I do I, I think it is a great collision between the two managers obviously Jose Mourinho shut down Liverpool didn't he at Anfield it was it was a pretty boring game but he got his tactics spot on, and I think it'd be more expansive now because mm. he's found a, a nice balance actually at Old Trafford. I just I you've got to ask, why did it take Jose Mourinho so long to find the right balance in his team? Um he's got
1: too many players, yeah. I think he'd say that himself. Uh, and yeah. I,
2: I think he had too many options. Yeah. It's but it's perfect now. I think Carrick sitting in there, you've got Herrera one side, Pogba the other. Perfect. All of the... Herrera's the busy presser. Pogba's allowed to go roaming, but he's better doing it from deep. What about the balance further forward? I, I like it. It's, what it is, the grey areas have gone. Everybody knows Zlatan is going to play. End of. He's not even going to come off. Jose Marino does not mess around with Zlatan. He's there. And it, it's basically cleared things up for everybody else. Wamata, Mikatarian, Rooney, Rashford, Marshall. They know there's two spots up for grabs. And when they're given a chance, they have to deliver to keep their place. There's such competition for places in those wide forward areas now that I think it's raised the standards. There, there is no number 10,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's that has helped Manchester I United. I think Jordan Henderson
1: is the key man uh, in, in that game. You think back to the, uh, the, the game yeah. at Chelsea when he scored that cracking goal, but he, he bossed the game as well. And I think if he can take control of that area just in front of Liverpool's defence, then uh, that, be fit, that isn't will he? be the he's, problem for him. He's been out,
2: hasn't he? But I think Jürgen Klopp was talking about uh, Jordan Henderson uh, he being should, back. Should should be, game, should be yeah. fit, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. been the main... If he was absent, I would say Manchester United, like clear favourite. But Henderson is so good and he surprised mm. me. Mm. I didn't mm. think Henderson could be the defensive anchor in a side like Liverpool, especially with quite a fragile back four, but he's done a great job.
0: Yeah, Josh uh, Grottsley asked, and I think I know what the answer to this question is, would any of us start Wayne Rooney against
2: Liverpool? <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't. Um I think I would be going with uh, Mkhitaryan on the on the right and Martial on the left. I think those are the form guys. I know that one matters in the goals. Um, Jesse Lingard, we haven't even mentioned him. Mm. He's, he's a player that can deliver. I think those two at the moment are the, are the form players for Manchester United, either side as Zlatan. Don't mess with the midfield. It's working. I, I, can't, I can't see Jose Mourinho, unless there's injuries or an, an arm in dip in form, altering that midfield three. When you strike
1: on something that clicks... Stick with, stick with, it. It. I, with I, it. I think Mourinho is praying that Wayne Rooney scores against Hull in the uh, <laughs> League mm. Cup. I, I just, just makes life. And not, mm. not that Mourinho is the sort of manager who worries about, you know, he won't let emotion get in the way of his team selection. But if, if Rooney can get and break Sir Bobby Charlton's records against Hull, then it completely changes the narrative. Is this a, a good
0: time, bit. Tom, to actually put into perspective... Wayne Rooney's career so it's a very it's good time <laughs> it has uh, been fantastic
1: hasn't he he has he's been absolutely superb you know we've all got our favourite Wayne Rooney goal I, th- I think back, the one that always springs to mind for me is that one against Newcastle when he was in the ref's ear having a, a right yes, guy at the referee yes, yes. and then all of a sudden noticed that the ball was coming over and, and lashed home the volley the overhead uh, the, kick the, 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 the City uh, scissor kick as yeah. well was just a phenomenal goal even though I think Joe Hart still claims it came off his shin mm. so there have been I, so many I love many... one
0: for Everton yeah, the, 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 the one he announced himself with no uh, I don't like that I didn't like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I remember watching him I went with my mates so to watch Euro 2004 and he was a I think he might have been a teenager then he's very young and he scored two goals in the game we went to watch against Switzerland and uh, Quimbra. and it's just remarkable to think that at that point he was at the top level doing the business and he's still there for me it feels like almost two lifetimes ago that, that I was doing that yeah he has been at the very highest level ever since I think
1: that Takes an awful lot of character yeah. and an ability to stay. Alan Shearer was was very interesting uh, in the papers this morning, talking about the fact that he advised Rooney to retire internationally because he, you know he didn't want to see him losing something because of uh, losing any longevity. And, and yet he has the, the the desire and the will he's shown to go on. And despite the criticism that comes his way, is uh, you know he, yeah. you he's got more money
0: than but, he'll ever spend. Oh, what impresses me about him is that especially with England, he's there every time. Every
1: time, time, yeah. And look, I I also think Wayne Rooney doesn't like the criticism that's been coming his way over the last couple of years. He's very sensitive towards that. Some of it is fair, I think. Some of it misplaced. Mm -hmm. But I think he's just got to accept that he isn't as good a player as he was a couple of years ago. He's probably, you know, we think about Teddy Sheringham. He's always the classic example, isn't he, of a player who got better in terms of the fact that the the first yard of pace was always Mm. in his head and he got better because he read the game better and Rooney probably thinks to himself well I'm reading the game better Mm. technically I'm better but Mm. he has lost something because of that little bit of You have to fulfil a role for the
2: team and I think at the moment he's not one thing or the other he's not a striker he's not a number 10 because there isn't one
1: he's not a proper central midfielder yet he just he needs to reinvent himself And that probably has been to his detriment over the years he's probably been such a team player Mm. but I I think you're absolutely right to answer your question it is the perfect time to celebrate him because I think, you know, it's the same old story, isn't it? When he's gone, that's when people will really say what a player he actually Mm. was. Mm.
0: They're playing Hull in the Mm. League Cup uh, tomorrow. Mm. A new manager there who's basically got the definition of Mission Impossible, (laughs) you know, Marcos, he hasn't got a prayer there, has he?
2: (laughs) Maybe not. I mean, Garth took a start in the FA Cup, didn't they Two 0 win against Swansea in front of absolutely no one That's at the KCOM people. Stadium. <laughs> uh, the fans made their feelings pretty clear. I, what I don't like about this appointment is that everybody jumping on the bandwagon saying, "Who is he? Let's give English managers a chance." Bloody, bloody, blah. He doesn't deserve it. it Give the guy a chance. Let's see how he fares. He, his background is OK. He did succeed to some degree. He did vestibule. well at Olympiacos, um, Lisbon, he did all right until he refused to wear the club blazer and then got sacked. <laughs> and he did well at Olympiacos. OK, it's quite easy to win the league with Olympiakos, but it takes something. You have to have something about you to manage a club of that stature. So he's, he's not a nobody, Marco Silva. Let's, let's give him a chance. Has he got the players to uh, survive in the Premier League? No. No
1: chance. It's a, it's a great opportunity yeah. for him as well, isn't it? You know, because he comes in with absolutely nothing to lose, to my mind. Yeah. You yeah, know, if, if, if all that. go down, well, you can blame the start of the yeah. season. had, you can blame the lack of investment, you can blame everything that's been going on behind the scenes. Mm. He may become available to other clubs on the continent in the summer and well, he's got Premier League experience on him. The one thing, actually, is that I, I really didn't like the fact that... The, and I know the fans have been through a lot up there, but to boycott an FA Cup game, it would have made much more of a statement if they boycotted a Premier League game. I just, I just, play, plot, I thought the, the FA anthem Cup. Anthem the, anthem, well, anthem, well anthem. it's <laughs> true, but I just the, the, the FA Cup. But I don't know. Hull fans might tell me different on this, but I know a lot of a lot of clubs. You have to buy your Mm. FA Cup tickets on top of your your Mm. season tickets. So it just seemed like such an easy option just not to turn up for that game. Now, don't do it at a Mm. big game, you know. Don't turn up for Manchester United, don't turn up for Mm. Liverpool, one of those. And that will really let the club know and and the Premier League as a whole know that you're not willing to Mm. accept. And they're right to be boycotting games because I think some of the things that have been going on up there behind the scenes are are terrible and Mm. and I I would expect them. But just, you know, have the conviction to go and do it at a really big game.
0: Wembley, though, you know, that prospect is obviously a fantastic draw. Southampton against Liverpool yeah. in the other semi-final yeah. I think this is a season where Liverpool are going to win something Yeah, is it going to be the league I think that's their best chance at the moment you've got to
2: fancy them over two legs against Southampton they're in a rotten run of form, aren't they? Something's not quite right at Southampton. Is it because you
0: know the curse of the selling club is finally yeah, catching well, up with them? You know, Fonte wanting to
2: leave. In fact, Van Dijk has done so well that everybody is sniffing around him and you wonder if he's had his head turned. I know he's, he's been scoring goals. I think his performance levels, Van Dijk, have dropped off a little mm. bit in recent weeks. Um, the problem is, is the goals. I mean, if, if you get rid of top quality strikers, I mean, they had Pella... Marne, didn't they? they had so, they've had so many that they've lost. And the guys that they've got in, in situ just aren't really at the same level. We all like Charlie Austin. He's a good finisher, but he can't stay fit. Rodriguez has had similar problems. A talent, but scores three one week and then you've got to go on a barren run. I think they need more quality going forward. Southampton. And they're, they're just not playing well enough to threaten Liverpool in this tie. It's a Liverpool man U final. It, no question. Mm. And the neutrals will love that, won't they?
1: Uh, the neutrals will love it. I suspect the uh, big wigs at the AFL will love it as well. <laughs> and look, come on, if it doesn't bother me as a non-supporter of any of those clubs who gets to the final, but if you've got another chance to see Mourinho against Klopp, another of these huge managerial battles, then I'm all for
0: that. Bring it um, on. Max Bentley has been on. Question for you, I think, Adrian. OK, yeah. Is this the year that Wenger <laughs> finally <laughs> fails to get Arsenal <laughs> in the top four?
2: Uh who knows? I still believe that Arsenal will finish in the top four. They always do. I think Arsenal have got the best squad in the division. Nothing will change my mind on that. I think there are two excellent players for each position and I don't think Arsene Wenger would swap his squad for any other. I, I genuinely don't. So no, it's going to come down to their big game mentality and also a clean sheet mentality. And these are the two areas that Arsenal have struggled in under Arsene Wenger in recent years. They haven't been defensively resilient enough and in the big games they haven't played at the same level it's a, not, not every big game but a lot of them so it's going to boil down this season not just for Arsenal but for all of the big six down to the fixtures between them and if you look at it right now I would understand why Arsenal fans would think uh oh we're good at beating the smaller teams. We're not so good in the big games. We, we could be in trouble
1: here. But let's wait. Let's that's, wait and see. That's look. quite a claim, by the way. Arsenal, are the best of people falling off their office chairs <laughs> at lunchtime. <don't> <laughs> who's your got the Chelsea best? fan? Well, Chelsea. I think Chelsea. What as um, a squad? I think so. Yeah. No, no chance. Yeah, I, well, well, I genuinely. Who's think. the backup
2: to Costa? Well, that's a very
1: good point. That's a <laughs> well, point. Well, it could, it could we'll, be, we'll be Lorente. We've got
2: Giroud and Alexis. At the moment, they've got five or six key men out. And you you wouldn't really know.
1: I, I think that little area behind... I mean, it's easy just to go for one, the central strikers role. You're absolutely right. There's more options at Arsenal. But the trio behind them, I would pick... The way Chelsea's big players, big names are performing the Hazard, would you have Sanchez over Hazard? I would, yeah. Would you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sure I would this yeah. year at all.
2: Um, but I'm, I'm talking about depth. I'm not saying first 11. I think Chelsea's first 11 is the best at the moment. They're streaking clear in the Premier League. Tottenham's first 11 is equal of anyone's at the moment. Liverpool's is. Mm. But in terms of squad depth, I wouldn't swap Arsenal's for any other.
0: Tom, what do you think about the uh, Ozil situation? You know, It's come out that he basically is looking at what Wenger is doing, which sounds a bit strange well, negotiating tactic uh, yeah, for I me. Mean, I,
1: I think if you're Arsene Wenger this morning, you are ab- you've got the cigar on haven't you, and you're, you're absolutely overjoyed because it puts the Arsene out brigade in, in quite the quandary. I would imagine to a man they want Mesut Ozil to sign, mm. but if it's only he gets to stay if we got to stick with Arsene Wenger as well, what do you do? I think it's also, to flip it on its head though as well, does, why does Mesut Ozil want Arsene Wenger to stay? Mm. Is it because he feels that Wenger puts less pressure on him perhaps and asks less of him than another manager would want. Well, I'll flip, that on, to I'll flip see... that on the
2: head then. Mesut was at the peak of his career. Clearly he wants to win trophies. He's not playing just for fun. He wants to win trophies. He clearly thinks Arsene Wenger is the man to help him achieve that. But, but I mean,
1: look, I've said for years I'd never understand the Arsenal out sentiment. I, I just think... Is
0: it, that it, just fans, God bless them, wanting a new <laughs> toy?
1: I think to a degree, yeah. I'm I'm sure some of them have got. uh, Look, there are 60,000 people go to the Emirates every time Arsenal have got a home game. So I'm sure there are a a great number of them feel that there are significant reasons why Arsene Wenger should leave the club. Mm I'm sure a lot of them, in the number, that, is it? what do you think, 40% was think the terms about, banded think about around? 40% of home fans would like to... It's an awful lot, lot of ungrateful people, not, aren't not it? Not, well, a, not yeah, at and Emirates that, Stadium.
2: I, th- I think inside Emirates Stadium, the percentage is higher. I think there's a lot of people, that the armchair fans, they are quite vocal. Um, but everyone is entitled to their opinion, let yeah, they, if, if you support a team, you're entitled to your opinion. I happen to disagree fundamentally with most of what the Wenger Out Brigade say, and I don't like the way that a lot of them go about... Raising their concerns. I just think get behind the team. I think, to be perfectly honest, okay, the players have a responsibility, as does the manager, to deliver this season. But the fans can play their part. I would like to see less division among the fans because every time Arsenal have a bad result it is magnified so much more by the vocal masses that just want change
1: and and I don't think it's helpful Adrian and I have had this conversation a few times as well about who Arsenal get in to replace Arsene Wenger let's say he does walk away Eddie Howe's the one everyone's talking about what has Eddie Howe done apart from playing nice football as, as Arsene Wenger does what has Eddie Howe done to earn that job now Arsenal fans want someone who is going to come in and win something straight away. They they said to Wenger, you need to win something. He won them the FA Cup and they said, oh, we need something more than the (laughs) FA Cup. So they need to appoint a manager who is going to come in and win the title because Wenger's been second he's been third he's mm. someone who has to don't come know. and do you that don't know
2: you could, I, I totally get where you're coming from but you don't know I mean, Eddie Howe's managing Bournemouth he's never going to win the title with Bournemouth he did get promoted a few times I, le-
1: Yeah, look, I'm, um, I'm not trying to belittle Pochettino, Eddie Howe's yeah, achievements he's, hasn't he's done a great a, a lot prospect but, before he went to Southampton but, but does, really? does, does Eddie, yeah absolutely right but again we know he's a very good manager but he's, he's still yet to win the, that major mm. silverware and, and Arsenal are saying we want someone who's going to come in and win the league win the Premier League, it is an incredibly tough task.
0: Arsenal are at Swansea. Yes, at the weekend. Paul Clement failed at Derby, a club you know well, Tom. Good appointment or not? Well, failed.
2: Okay, he didn't succeed at Derby. I think the jury's out on on failure because he, he sort of had the Carpet, point. Roll, yeah. you know, pulled from beneath his feet to some extent. said yeah. he didn't play the
1: Derby way. Um, didn't play the Derby play way. The yeah play the Derby way. <laughs> well, it's, it's, do you know what? It's the way Steve McLaren plays football. <laughs> I mean, and, and I say that sort of tongue in cheek, but it is a little bit because if you think back, that was the last time Derby were successful. Ish was when Steve McLaren was there. You know, the, reached the playoffs, should have gone up. Steve got his tactics wrong. I'm afraid to say against QPR in the playoff final. And then he had the, the year Steve McLaren left. There's then I've. Managed to turn a, this into a derby question. It's <laughs> yeah. a great. It's a fallacy to say that the Newcastle job situation on its own caused Derby not to go up that season because he had an awful amount of injuries to deal with as well, which proved costly. But there was that period in between. And to go back to Paul Clement, you're absolutely right. He did have the rug pulled from underneath him. Um, I think there were things going on behind the scenes that um, both he wasn't happy with, the club weren't happy with as well. Mm. It's but a risky, risky appointment, there isn't were only it, five isn't points. There were only five points, I think, off top spot. I so yeah. he'd have yeah. been a better appointment for me at the start of the season yeah, and had the risky, whole season to risky work for at him. this stage. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Risky yeah. for him and his reputation because he's got a very average squad but particularly he's got very poor defenders to work with
1: and mm. if he loses you enter uh, to, uh, yeah. to Chelsea uh, that, and it's, that it's massively
2: risky play. for Swansea because yeah. it, look, he's a coach he's not a proven manager as yet so uh, I'm surprised they
0: went for him do you think they'll bring players in You know, yeah. he's been linked with Bad Stuber hasn't he yeah, he Which has, seems a bit it's, ambitious it's, to
1: me uh, yeah I mean yeah, are we, are we linking somebody who's worked with Bayern Munich with a Bayern Munich player uh, <laughs> look he's obviously got great contacts Paul Clement in the game you know you don't work for Chelsea Real Madrid Paris Saint-Germain mm. Bayern Munich Munich and not have some quality contacts. So he might just think that Batstuba would say to him, Look, I'll come and give you six months mm. in the Premier League and show other Premier League clubs what I can do to put himself in the market. If, if he doesn't buy a centre-back, Swansea are down.
2: Yeah. Dooms. Mm. Fernandez he's, he's and three, then Matt. three or four he's going to bring Fernandez in, and Matt. Oh, are uh, two of the worst Premier League defenders I've, I've seen. Mawson's got potential, but he's still raw. And van der Hoen,
1: I'm not sold on him. Okay. I, think, I think Tom Carroll, will. I think that potentially will get done as well, but they're still
0: waiting to see whether that's a loan. Yeah, there's a, been a lot of talk yeah. about him leaving Tottenham. Yeah, There's a deal they're in like place, £4 million,
1: pounds, they, they, Swansea can buy Tom Carroll for £4 million pounds yeah. if they decide to push mm. the button, but I know there's been a lot of back and forth on it.
0: Okay, talking about back and forth, it's happening, there's a lot of that going on at West Ham at the yeah. moment. Is Slavon Bilic vulnerable?
2: Yes, because his players aren't responding to him are they we saw a good reaction for the game at Swansea didn't we that was a 4-1 mm. win but since then three quite poor performances and I'm just looking at his body language he just doesn't look anywhere near as confident as he did last year he doesn't seem to be able to inspire in the same way and he needs results quickly to stay in a job but if he gets that then his recruitment's got to be spot on they desperately need a striker that is busy a little bit quick that can make goals for themselves that can run on passes. A Jermaine Defoe, so. yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only way you feel West Ham are going to score at the moment is when so they hoist a the ball into the box for Antonio or Carroll. They are not creating mm. anything. They've mm. had more long shots, apart from some of the big boys, than anybody else in the league. That they're wasting so many attacks because they've got no striker that they have faith in to slip little passes into. the Looks box Looks like ball.
0: they might be signing Scott Hogan from Brentford for about twelve mm. million later in the week. Yeah, knows the way to goal. You know that sort of transfer in the, in the is, championship,
1: is a, in the championship. He knows yeah. the way to go. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're bit of off, a gamble. That isn't uh, it? yeah, a little bit of a gamble. I mean, Brentford now know that they would like Jerome Sinclair from Watford on loan, okay. so I think that will free up Scott Hogan to to mm. go to West Ham. Is Matsari
0: vulnerable there as well?
1: I think he is. Yeah, I, I really do think he is. There's always one club, isn't there, that drops like a stone in the second half of the season and, and gets sucked into that relegation yeah. battle. And then, unless Matsari gets it sorted out pretty quickly at Watford, yeah. then and, uh, he could be in trouble.
0: Yeah. Mm. Michael Cox asks,
1: can Tottenham get into
2: the top four? Definitely. Yeah. Tottenham are Tottenham are a quality side. Tottenham. Who's, showed... who's missing out here by the way? Because you have got <laughs> Arsenal and Tottenham both in the top four. Well, well I'm not. <laughs> who's missing out and yeah, this is what's going to make the end of the season so I, I fascinating couldn't tell you, yeah. I honestly I think any of the top six could miss out even Chelsea at this point I wouldn't write off anybody out really of, well I wouldn't write off anybody I think it's an open race that's why I think the FA Cup could be so important for certain managers as well this season it could save a season for, for potentially one of the sides that doesn't make the top four Spurs are a quality outfit they're powerful they've got one of the best managers in Europe clearly mm. Pochettino hasn't got the same silverware as your con your Klopp's your Guardiola's Marinos but I think he's at the same level as all of the top five managers to be perfectly honest and for that reason providing they stay clear of injuries Tottenham have got a shot as good a shot as anybody else in the top six of of making top four or even pushing for the title if they get injury spurs no chance they will drop out
0: Yeah we've been asked quite regularly on here about Tottenham and all the questions go back to the business principles of Daniel Levy are Tottenham's Major players vulnerable to big offers from, say, the likes of Real Madrid because Tottenham cash in. (laughs) Moussa Dembele is being talked about, maybe going to Spain.
1: Yeah, I mean, he really is a beast of a player as well, an absolute quality player for me, Dembele. Um, I, I I, I think it's a little bit unfair to say that only Tottenham's players are at risk because, look, Liverpool, a huge club. But if Real Madrid or Barcelona come in for Philip Coutinho, they're going to have. I'm not saying he would leave, mm. but they're going to have a job on convincing a South American not but, but, to go. But Tottenham's and
2: play. wage salary cap is prohibitive, isn't it? If you if you've Liverpool will pay higher wages, won't they? Tottenham pay the lowest wages, right, out of the top six. I think that's fact. Mm. Okay, so that make, that's got to make them more vulnerable to the predators, because as we've seen so many times, if a, if a top player gets offered 250 grand a week to go and play for someone else, they're going to be interested. Mm. They're lucky. That Harry Kane, in many respects, is such a Tottenham lad and that he's got his head screwed on and he wants to become a Spurs legend because a lot of players of his ability might have jumped ship. Let, let's
0: play fantasy football. Delhi Alley. He came in at f- 5 million. Yeah. He was worth 25 million in the summer. He's now worth 50, 60, <laughs> 70. How much would he be worth on the open
1: market? I mean, it, it's a good question. I, I mean,. If... You're absolutely right, you're playing fantasy chairman at that, aren't you? I mean, if if you're Daniel Levy, I I think you're looking at that and saying, look, we're talking the sort of figures that we saw Gareth Bale move for, you know, we're talking... Would you have said this this six games ago? Yeah, I would, because, look, He had such a good last season, and we saw him do so many wonderful things that we know the talent's there. We know he was carrying a little bit of an injury. We know there's been a hangover Mm. from Mm. everything that went on with England in the summer. So, yeah, I I would have done. Now, had he had a whole season where he wasn't quite up to it, then you'd perhaps think again. But he hasn't. He's proved himself. He's he's proved himself. He's He's come back. At his age, Dele Ali is producing...
2: Amazing quality football. I, I really do think so. Most players his age are just breaking into a first team. That they're shining for the under twenty ones. This is a guy that scored double, got to double figures already in the Premier League. He, he's completely twenty goals at, in fifty games. There, not at, many people have done that. Completely at home in a top six Premier League side. He's a class actor He's going to be some player. He is going to push the likes of Frank Lampard in terms of being the highest-scoring English mm. midfielders. No, no doubt about it. And that.
1: I think he will, at some point, end up abroad. I think there is a desire from the player. I'm not saying now, I'm not saying in two or three years, but you know, maybe five years
0: there you is a desire. He told Steve Bruce on Sunday he'd like to play for Aston <laughs> <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, <laughs>
1: apparently so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Manchester City, we're getting towards the end of the podcast now. Yeah. Look at them, they're playing Everton on Sunday. I just get the feeling something's missing there.
2: Uh, that for something is good defensive work, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, they don't have a good keeper. Um, it comes from... The, the confidence comes from your keeper. And they have the worst keeper in the top six... Has down. I mean, he's a bit of a liability. Actually, Liverpool will be pushing them close. I don't think Mignolet is a lot more convincing. But it is more about Guardiola's um, work off the ball. How much is he going to concentrate on that between now and the end of the season? Arsene Wenger's been criticised down the years for worrying too much about how Arsenal play on the ball, how they attack, neglecting the defence to some degree. Guardiola, I think, has neglected his defence in terms of his recruitment and in identifying the problems City have faced. And they've just not learned from their mistakes. They continue to lose the ball cheaply inside their own defensive third. They continue to be beaten by headers inside the box. They continue to be quite easy to get at. What's he going to do about it, Guardiola? If, If he doesn't do something quickly... I actually think, you ask me who's going to miss out of the, of the top four, I would
1: stick my neck on the line and say City because they have the worst defence of the lot. It would be the climb-down of all climb-downs, but I'd be exploring whether there was any recall clause in Joe Hart's loan <laughs> because that, that that could well be the difference for City. I, I mean, could you see yeah, I, outside the top four or not? Um yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. I'd, I'd be very surprised. I'd be very, very surprised. I mean, I was at West Ham on Friday night. And, yeah, they and were excellent. It, then, was, yeah. it was almost like a pre-season mm-hmm. game. They were mm-hmm. superb. And Torre looks like he's, you know, fit again and hungry again, which he clearly had lost a little bit of that at the start of the season. But I just... I, 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 Would love to know Pep Guardiola's thoughts. I don't think he'd ever admit it publicly, but I'd love to know privately whether he felt that having had six months or a year, whatever he had to sit and prepare for Manchester City and the Premier League, whether he now thinks to himself... I made a mistake with Joe Hart, I should have kept him, mm. I should have kept someone with that experience just for one year and eased this whole Bravo or whoever it was going to be, ease mm. them in behind the scenes and get the get the team in training used to playing that way mm. rather than getting them and trying to do it straight in the league.
0: OK, final question to bring everything around full circle, really. Chelsea, can you see anyone catching them?
1: Yes, I think Liverpool have got a chance. I think Manchester United... Bizarrely have got a chance I think they're just Mounting Getting momentum At the right time And if they can keep That going uh, Look we've seen Chelsea have shown That you need runs they're, They've proved That a run of 13 victories Gives them uh, You know A gap But it's still only What four or five points Right up the yeah. top Ten points over United So if United can Keep that momentum That they've built going Then then they're in with a shout But um, I think Liverpool Manchester City And Manchester United Are the only the ones That would catch them
2: Every top six team Has flaws There is no perfect team in this season's Premier League. It's wide open, completely wide open. Any of the top six could win the title. Any of them could finish sixth, in my view.
0: Well, I can't see him being stopped. The empire has struck back. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast.